by these new conditions. Still, he had never amounted to much. Her resentment, or some feeling she had, was reaching a climax. She got up from her seat. She would not wait any longer for him, and when she did see him, it would be to tell him a few blunt facts. Just then, there was a slight rustle behind her. Before she could turn, someone seized her in powerful arms. She was bent backwards in a bearish embrace, so that she could neither struggle nor cry out. A dark face loomed over hers, came closer. Swift kisses closed her eyes, burned her cheeks, and ended passionately on her lips. They had some strange power over her. Then she was released. Joan staggered back, frightened, outraged. She was so dazed she did not recognize the man, if indeed she knew him. But a laugh betrayed him. It was Jim. You thought I had no nerve, he said. What do you think of that? Suddenly Joan was blindly furious. She could have killed him. She had never given him any right, never made him any promise, never let him believe she cared. And he had dared. The hot blood boiled in her cheeks. She was furious with him, but intolerably so with herself, because somehow those kisses she had resented gave her unknown pain and shame. They had sent a shock through all her being. She thought she hated him. "'You, you!' she broke out. "'Jim Cleave, that ends you with me.' "'Reckon I never had a beginning with you,' he replied bitterly. "'It was worth a good deal.' "'I'm not sorry.' By heaven, I've kissed you. He breathed heavily. She could see how pale he had grown in the shadowy moonlight. She sensed a difference in him, a cool, reckless defiance. You'll be sorry, she said. I'll have nothing to do with you any more. All right, but I'm not, and I won't be sorry. She wondered whether he had fallen under the influence of drink. Jim had never cared for liquor, which virtue was about the only one he possessed. Remembering his kisses, she knew he had not been drinking. There was a strangeness about him, though, that she could not fathom. Had he guessed his kisses would have that power, if he dared again? She trembled, and it was not only rage, but she would teach him a lesson. "'Joan, I kissed you, because I can't be a hangdog any longer.' he said, I love you, and I'm no good without you. You must care a little for me. Let's marry. I'll never, she replied like Flint. You're no good at all. But I am, he protested with passion. I used to do things. But since, since I've met you, I've lost my nerve. I'm crazy for you. You let the other men run after you. Some of them aren't fit to, to, oh, I'm sick all the time. Now it's long in and then it's jealousy. Give me a chance, Joan. Why? she queried coldly. Why should I? You're shiftless. You won't work. When you do find a little gold, you squander it. You have nothing but a gun. You can't do anything but shoot. Maybe that'll come in handy, he said lightly. Jim Cleave, you haven't it in you even to be bad, she went on stingingly. At that he made a violent gesture. Then he loomed over her. "'Joan Randall, do you mean that?' he asked. "'I surely do,' she responded. 
At last she had struck fire from him. The fact was interesting. It lessened her anger. That I'm so low, so worthless, so spineless that I can't even be bad. Yes, you are. That's what you think of me, after I've ruined myself for love of you. She laughed tauntingly. How strange and hot a glee she felt in hurting him. By God, I'll show you, he cried hoarsely. What will you do, Jim? she asked mockingly. I'll shake this camp. I'll rustle for the border. I'll get in with Kells and Goulden. You'll hear of me, Joan Randall. These were names of strange, unknown, and wild men, of growing and terrible legion on the border. Out there, somewhere, lived desperados, robbers, road agents, murderers. More and more rumor had brought tidings of them into the once quiet village.